You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars. We are Josh Pick, David Stout, and myself, Tim Alamal, with Tomahawk Nation. We are excited to bring you the latest and the greatest on Florida State Recruiting. So let's jump right in it, guys. First off, it's been a while. Uh, David's been writing dissertations. Josh has been covering everything. We've been, been battling some family illnesses here. So we took a little time off. But we're glad to be back. David, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I, I got the dissertation completed and defended and graduated in May. And so I am officially Dr. Noel through and through. And I have spent the first month of being a doctor telling people, no, no, I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> or just, you know, joking around with my wife, if we get in an argument, I'll just be like, well, I'm a doctor, so you should probably trust me because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. So yeah. how, how much long do you think that's going to last with her before it's, oh, uh, it's it, it worked for like two days and then it was done. <laughs> David, I also saw that you were checking out the Dave Matthews band and I, I, I can't say I'm a fan, but I'm, I'm happy. It looked like you were having a great time. Oh man, I am a card carrying Dave Matthews band freak. I absolutely love them. I know my street cred probably takes a hit for that, but yeah, they just did a two two night uh, concert event in Jacksonville, and it was awesome. <laughs> when I was like sixteen, here in Louisville, they used to have something called the uh, the Streetball Showdown, where it was a it was a three on three basketball tournament with all these different divisions, and one year we had like the 8 a.m. game and they were setting up the speakers and all they did was play the Dave Matthews band, the space between us song over and over for an hour. And, Sounds uh, that like was a it. great time. 
that was it for me and Dave. I was, I was done after that. So, all right. Also with us, Josh pick Josh, I don't know if you're a doctor, but uh, I, I'm still equally glad that you're here with us. Yeah. So what we can promise, we can promise you the latest in Florida state recruiting, but maybe not the greatest because uh, things aren't overwhelmingly optimistic <laughs> these days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also been why we haven't been doing a whole lot of podcasting because there just hasn't been a whole lot going on when it comes to Florida State. Now, they are having visitors on campus, and they did have some visitors last week. Uh, last weekend was the Mega Camp, uh, headlined by a, a couple of, of big names, QB commit Chris Parson, which we're going to be talking about him in a lot more detail, uh, defensive lineman Jordan Hall, uh, offensive lineman Rod Kearney, uh, a couple other names out there that I'm sure we'll get to. But, Josh, let me start with you just kind of talking about last week. And, and if this kind of turns into the state of recruiting in general at Florida State, you know, we can go there. But uh, and were you happy to see those names there last week? I know we didn't want to – Mega Camp's not necessarily for the big names, but it was good that they did have some of that representing here this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, I was – you know, again, it's – Alex Atkins is the guy that continues to lead the charge and you see the names that he's getting there and he's getting big rod and he's getting DJ Chester, a kid from ELCA who uh, is at Bryson Estes high school. So maybe there's a connection there that can work out and, and, and big up for Odell getting some kids down there too. I mean, Jordan Hall's a kid that we weren't really sure what he was doing recently, but it was good to see him there and, and doing some work against big rod and, and he had nothing but positive things to say about Odell. So that was good. And then obviously the defensive backs, you know, Sharif Denton, Ken Kirkland or a couple of stud stud corners. So overall, honestly, I was fairly impressed with the the visitor list because I wasn't sure who all was going to show out for that thing. Yeah, and, and speaking of Odell, already got Keith Sampson uh, committed, and he seems to be pretty solid so far. So uh, good to see that Odell's doing some work there. And like you said, Alex Atkin is just – if we could just – uh, clone Alex Atkins for every different position, you know, for Florida State, it, it would be amazing. Well, I mean, you don't even you don't even need ten of Alex Atkins, but like even if you had three or four, like <laughs> you just need a couple of guys to really just carry your freaking weight already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that could be a podcast of its own. David, um, I know we've talked about Rod Kearney and uh, and Lucas Simmons a lot uh, in the time we have met. Do you think those are the two biggest names on the board right now that Florida State has a legitimate shot at? As far as the offensive linemen, I would say yes. Um, you know, as we talk about, we'll get into this in a minute, but um, one of the offensive tackle prospects, uh, Luke Burgess from Indiana, is going to be visiting officially this coming weekend. But, yeah, I, I think all roads go through Lucas Simmons and Big Rod Kearney. And Lucas Simmons, you know, we'll in a future podcast, we'll go through and we'll all three of us will give our top 10 most wanted recruits for this cycle for FSU. And I have a feeling that Lucas Simmons is going to be at or near the top on all of our lists. But it's good to see FSU involved with two really talented guys who they have legitimate shots at. And so hopefully, you know, we'll pull a repeat of last summer where Atkins was able to get a lot of his targets on campus during the summertime, and he was able to lock them up during the summertime. So we'll see what happens. But um, you have to like where FSU sits with Simmons right now, getting his last official visit before he makes his decision. Yeah, and, and, I, and just, go, just sorry, briefly yeah. talking about that offensive line from last cycle. So 
what's the latest that everybody's hearing on on Tay Woody? I know that we were thinking that he should be. What are we? What are we thinking? He's enrolled by the end of the month here. Yeah, like from everything I've heard from all the different sites, from just following his his own social media presence. I mean, he's he's talking like he he's going to get uh, his grades in order and he's going to be able to get enrolled. And I know Armella and I know that um, early are supposed to be enrolled, I, I think, showing up to campus here pretty soon. So I, I would assume he's going to be also be showing up this month as well if he has everything in order. And I mean, if he's able to pull uh, if Woody's able to get in there, this class, which took such a big hit with Travis Hunter. Uh, the, the debacle that was uh, and some of the other hype there. And that's a huge addition that probably won't get the hype and recognition that it should. Uh, I think it's a kid that's probably going to struggle with grades throughout, but if they can get him eligible, uh, that offensive line class signed for 2022 really raises the floor for Florida State. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Tay Woody. Um, because his grades, I guess, were in such rough shape that even if he does make it in, he's still kind of teetering on the edge. So, you know, it will be interesting this, to see what the depth looks like along the offensive line. And if they can add another body to that rotation, maybe you don't need him in, in year one. And maybe you can basically kind of academically redshirt the kid, make sure that he's good to go, at least for the next year. And then you can really focus on, you know, developing him and, and really figuring out where he fits best for you. Because again, as we, as we talked all throughout the 2022 cycle, you know, he's a beast on the defensive line and he can play legitimately all along the offensive line as well. And so it's going to be fun to see where they work him out. And if he gets reps on both sides of the ball, but yeah, I I'm with Josh and, and Tim here. He, he really strikes me as somebody that they're going to have to worry about almost every year in terms of the classroom. Uh, and one, one note you made there, Josh, or David, about Lucas Simmons, uh, Florida State getting his last official. Uh, there was a post on Twitter, and I don't have it in front of me, that the last official visit is like uh, where the kid almost always ends up. I, I don't have it in front of me, and I know I'm not giving it justice, but uh, that's huge, huge for Florida to get the last official visit. Uh, and, and then what really it all comes down to is Florida State just has to win. They've got to make their product on the field something that's attractive. But we'll see what happens there. But uh, you guys were talking about the offensive line depth, and that kind of takes me to where I want to go next, is which uh, Florida State had a prospect on campus today. 24-7 uh, broke this. I, I think it was uh, Blostein that, that had it first. Uh, man, I'm going to butcher his name, Josh, so feel free to jump in at any point. But it's the South Carolina transfer portal offensive tackle. Uh, Turnatine, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, but this is a kid um, also potentially has some grade concerns, uh, has some, um, I guess, the shape, uh, if he's in shape or not. But Florida State got his first look at him. And it sounds like he's going to take his time. But uh, Florida State definitely has a shot if they're willing to go in on, on him. Uh, Josh, uh, is that what you're hearing as well or, or, or the information that's come out? Uh, yeah, and 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 just in talking to Coach Atkins, like he's he's not a guy that's just going to take somebody for numbers. Like that's just not the way he goes. So like if he doesn't think the kid can contribute at Florida State, he's not going to take him. Um, and so yeah, Jastin might be slow playing things, but Florida State might be slow playing things as well, just to kind of a do their due diligence on him, but also just to see what else becomes available before before the season starts. So I just I 
just know in talking to coach Atkins, like he's not going to reach on a kid just to, just to put another number in there. So I don't know that the enthusiasm is there on Florida state side for him, but it is good to get him on campus and just kind of talk to him and then see what his body looks like. And then obviously have to see if the academics are good as well. Yeah. I, I think this is a kid uh, to your point, they're not going to reach, but if they do decide to pull the trigger, it instantly bolsters your two deep for the offensive line because it gives you another tackle where you don't have to dip out to Rod or yet or Lloyd Willis. David, I think if they deem him quote unquote worthy of a scholarship, this, this is the best the offensive line has looked since when David? Oh, since I was like five, <laughs> just kidding. But uh, you know, to Josh's point too, the important thing about getting him on campus right now is it's an unofficial visit. And so the cool thing is that they were able to talk with him. They were able to see visibly what kind of shape he's in, uh, check out his work ethic, check out his motivation, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it sounds like he wants to do a couple of official visits and it seems like FSU's main competition would be Michigan state. Um, and so, you know, he'll go through those things and, you know, it seems to me that if, if he's in good shape and you feel like the work ethic is there um, and, you know, the grades are <laughs> maybe not the best, but at least he can get in and stay eligible throughout the semester, then, I, you know, I don't see why you don't offer the kid a scholarship because he does have 10 games of starting experience at South Carolina against SEC competition. Now, he wasn't the most effective starter. He wasn't the best starter, but starting experience is something that, a lot of these more talented guys who are on FSU's, you know, two, three deep on the line do not have, um, especially in the SEC. So if he's a guy that raises the floor for you and, and can be a good, um, you know, a plug and play option, if he doesn't want a starting job, you know, you've at least got some insurance there in case one of the starters goes down because a couple of them do have injury history. So it makes perfect sense to me that that you would offer him as long as you feel comfortable about you know, what shape he's in, the work ethic, and then the classroom. So it'll be interesting to follow, but we should know uh, one way or the other, we should know in probably the next three weeks or so. Yeah, and just kind of a quick little follow-up is just because it, because a kid tweets that he got an offer doesn't mean it was necessarily a committable offer, that it was not a preferred walk-on offer. And just I see that he said he wants to check out Florida A&M on his way out of town. And unless he's just going to, there to see a good time, like the fact that, if Florida A&M is a serious contender for your recruitment, he might not be getting a full ride from Florida state. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I saw that kind of, you know, that, you know, I was out on a couple of message boards and in discord and a few other places. And you, you kind of saw that, uh, will it be a PWO or a full ride? And, and that's definitely curious. Um, Cause I'm more of the opinion uh, I would rather them have the extra body. And I know I'm not Alex Atkins and I, I, I definitely uh, am nowhere near his evaluation skills, but, you know, I would just hate for Florida state to end up in another situation where an injury or two really puts them behind the eight ball where, you know, this, this, this upcoming season with the offensive line. Well, you, I mean, you also have to look at, okay, this kid started at South Carolina. Is he going to be, happy and is he going to bring the room down if he's not starting if he sit on the you know you have to think about the the fit of the the room as well so that's another thing that I think he's factoring in there that's a, that's a really good point um big man camps going on I know there's some names there like uh like Wilkie and a couple others we'll see how that shakes out uh but let, let's turn our our sights to this weekend 
with, with who's going to be on campus because that's really going to set the uh, the stage for the rest of our conversation. So um, Florida State has two huge uh, quarterback names showing up this weekend. Uh, one is Brock Glenn, uh, and the other ones is, is Ricky Collins. Um, that's really going to see. We really have to see how that's all going to play out with Chris Parson, and and that's where we're going to turn our conversation to here in just a minute. But uh, David, you also mentioned Luke Burgess, huge, huge offensive tackle from up in my neck of the woods up here. We should be asking you about Luke Burgess, Tim. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, he's not too far from where I live. Uh, I, I was actually going to see if he's going to play any of the big Louisville schools this year, like maybe Trinity or something like that. Uh, but I'll have to go check his schedule. Uh, but he's also one of those kids on the on the playing field that just dwarfs everybody. So he'd be so easily to pick out. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, the name that's most interesting to me outside of uh, the quarterbacks is Shelton Sampson, uh, the, the wide receiver uh, out of Louisiana. Right. Right, Josh. That's where he's at. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, Destin Hill, the most talked about Louisiana wide receiver ever is still you know, a mystery, but uh, Samson's a kid that Florida state actually has a legitimate shot. Although I did see that on three, uh, the new recruiting site ha has somebody saying that it looks like LSU is going to be his home. And I think that that's a, that's a pretty safe assumption, but the fact that he keeps making time for Florida state, Josh, is this something that might work out for the Knowles? Um, I'd say it's, it's a long shot. But the only shot they have is because they uh, hired Gabe Fertitta, who used to be Samson's high school coach down at Catholic. So that's the one connect. It's not even to me. It's not even a yak recruitment. It's a Gabe Fertitta recruitment, and and that, that's going to be the thing. And I like that if they do, you know, if they pull the trigger on Collins and Collins flips to Florida State, like that's another Louisiana kid, and he's on the visit on the same weekend as Sheldon Sampson. I, I like that they were able to work that out. That's that's really good stuff. So. Um... We'll see what happens this weekend, and we didn't really want to jump into it too deep because we really wanted to take some time to talk about quarterback recruiting. So Chris Parson, long-time uh, long commit to Florida State, uh, was on campus this past weekend. And uh, David, I want to jump over to you. What is it about Chris Parson that excites you as you know somebody that evaluates and looks at at recruiting and what he could potentially bring to Florida State. I, I want to start there before we, we kind of dive into the, the broader discussion, which I think definitely needs to be addressed. Yeah, sure. And I, and I think I'm glad that you asked this because it seems like with him wavering and, and you know, I think some reporters and outlets really made a mountain out of a molehill when he scrubbed his social media really quickly after Dante Moore visited, like it was, that was kind of dramatic, but um there's a lot to like about Chris Parson and some folks are already talking as though he's not in the class anymore, but it's important to remember that he has not decommitted. He's still in the class right now. And um, he's a talented kid. I, you know, to me, he's got Mike Norvell recruit written all over him. He's a really hard worker. He may not have the traditional measurables that you look for in a quarterback, but he's a very hard worker. He's a high character kid, got a cannon for an arm. Um, he's athletic enough to, you know, I don't know that I'd necessarily call him a dual threat quarterback, but he's athletic enough to where he can run and, and it won't hurt you necessarily. Um, and he, he seems to have a lot of intangibles as far as leadership goes. 
Now we haven't seen that manifest on the recruiting trail just yet. Um, like we have with some quarterbacks in the past, but he just seems like a kid with a lot of character, very hard worker, somebody you're never going to have to worry about in terms of work ethic. Um, but the, the size is definitely a concern. It was before and it still is. Um, and maybe he'll have a quick little growth spurt here and, and tack on three inches to his height or something, but probably not. Um, but he is, he's a solid prospect. There's no doubt about that. And however this thing works out, if Chris Parson at the end of the day is, you know, the best quarterback in your 2023 class, that's still a victory. He's still a talented kid. And so let me, let me just kind of jump at the, the other two names and David stick with you to kind of get your thoughts on each of those. Let's start with Ricky Collins, who is a uh, commit to Purdue. Uh, but as Josh said, uh, plays down in Louisiana. Um, you mentioned that Parsons or Parson uh, is, um, is, is not quite a dual threat quarterback. He has that ability. Would you say that Collins is more of a dual threat type quarterback? I mean, again, I don't know that I'd necessarily call. I know he's listed as dual threat, but I think it's similar to Parson in that okay. he can escape. The, he can escape the pocket in a hurry. But if you're running him 10 to 12 times a game, you're, you're in you're in trouble. Um, but what you like about Collins, what I like in particular He's got all the measurables. He's got a great build that he can add some more weight on without losing his athleticism. But to me, he has the highest ceiling. I think he's a kid that if you can invest two to three really solid years of development and good coaching and you get him reps towards the end of the game, he could be someone who, you know, leads you easily to a bowl game. Um, he's got a really magnetic personality. He is from a very important area to FSU's recruiting strategy, especially as they target some of the more athletic kids down in Louisiana. Um, you see them really targeting a lot of the wide receiver, running back, athlete hybrids from that area. Um, so it really helps to have a, a strong quarterback presence on your team from that area. But um, I will say uh, between... <laughs> Between Collins and Glenn, who we'll also talk about, I think Collins is very realistic for FSU. Um, he is committed to Purdue right now, but I think that, you know, FSU hosting him on an official visit is really going to open his eyes, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he did make a flip. Um, Rivals just updated their recruiting rankings, and he just went further up to just outside the top 100. Um, and, and Collins is a kid that I'm really excited about. I think he's, he's very attainable and he's somebody that I think of the three, you've got all the tools there that are workable to where he can become a really strong starter down the line. Yeah. And just, I just wanted to interject really quickly on Collins before you start talking about Glenn. And from what I saw, like he just took his official visit to Purdue. So like that, that's already out of the way. And so that's a good sign for Florida state if Florida state hopes to land him. Yeah, the big thing with Collins we're going to have to look out for is so far LSU has not really given him much attention. The new, um, the new, the new staff, yeah, right, the new staff, and and Brian Kelly definitely has his eyes on a few different guys who are more, who are frankly better, um, and that's fine. So we hope that they land those guys, but should anything fall through and they pivot to Collins, that would make things very, very interesting. And, and so, David, let's just go ahead and, and complete the cycle here. Let's talk about. Brock Glenn as well. Uh, he's a kid that I feel like is is really starting to climb the boards as well. 
Uh, I think he had a pretty good showing at one of the elite 11 camps. Uh, so he's getting more recognition. He's getting a lot more offers. Uh, and he's a kid that also will be here this weekend at Florida State. Yeah, so I've had my eyes on him for a while. He came and visited FSU back in the spring. I think it was in March. And at the time, he had a really good conversation with Mike Norvell about the quarterback situation. Um, he was not offered at that time. Mike Norvell laid it out for him. But you could tell he genuinely connected with the coaching staff. He really liked FSU, and the interest was there. And then, you know, Oklahoma State made a really strong move for him. Auburn has made a very strong move for him. And FSU kind of faded a little bit, but then they just turned the heat back on by offering him and they were able to get him out on an official visit, which is very good news. Um, because, you know, as I said, I've, I've been watching him. I've been talking about him for a little while now in the recruiting threads as somebody I figured would rise in the rankings because, again, he has good measurables, not great measurables, but good measurables. But he's much more cerebral. He's precision. I mean, he's, he's got, he makes all the throws you need him to make. Very, very good prospect. Here's the tricky thing. Ohio State just offered him. Now, we don't know if Ohio State is pushing hard for him or if this is kind of a backup plan. Um, but that immediately threw a wrench into things. But I will say this. I think that actually helps Florida State because – Prior to Ohio State offering him, I figured what would happen is he would come to Florida State, he'd do his official visit, but I think it would be too little too late and he would commit to Auburn. Now that Ohio State is has thrown its hat in the ring, he initially wanted to make a commitment pretty soon. Now that that's happened, I think he's going to go out there to visit them. So I think that gives FSU more time with him. Um, you know, either way it shakes out, I don't think FSU will be able to land him. But he's a kid who I, like I said, I expect him to rise in the rankings, continue to rise in the rankings. And, you know, maybe FSU is able to negatively recruit Ohio State a little bit by saying, like, literally, look at their quarterback room. They're stacked. Why would you go there? You'll never play. Um, Auburn is in a really tricky situation because it seems like everybody outside of the football building hates the head coach. And we don't know how that's going to happen. So, I mean, they have some ammunition for some of those programs. So the more time you have with him before he makes a commitment somewhere, the better it goes in the end. But um, it's going to be really interesting. I, I, you know, I'm really glad that FSU is getting them both on campus, but it kind of sucks that it's happening on the same weekend because ideally you'd like tow cars to just be a shadow stuck on him like glue. Um, and so it really would have been nice if they could do it on two separate weekends. But I mean, if I had to guess, I have a feeling that more attention is going to be paid to Collins uh, because I think he's he's more attainable of the two. But it is really nice to see both of those guys looking hard at Florida State. Um, and I know we'll get into this a little bit more, but I will tell you that I think if FSU lands a commitment from Collins or shocks everybody and lands a commitment from Glenn, I would not be surprised to see Chris Parson decommit that same day. I think he's just kind of teetering on the edge and, and I don't think FSU will get more than one of those three guys. And, and so Josh, how do you feel about this approach from Florida state? Do you think that they should have not pursued other quarterbacks and just stayed with, with Chris Parson and, and, and rode that out? Or do you think it's smart for them to, to go look at the other quarterbacks? And if that means losing his commitment, that's the right move to make. Yeah, I think it's definitely smart to, to pursue all options, especially when you look at Parsons, 
high school career with how many different high schools he's played for and how he reacted last time when Dante Moore visited. And listen, I think all three of us agree that we like Chris Parson and we'd love to see him in this class as a quarterback, but he's not a guaranteed superstar and you want to bring in two quarterbacks. And if he's not cool with that, you have to look elsewhere. And, and these are a couple of kids that Florida State thinks they have a chance at landing. So I think it's definitely smart from the staff and, and, and Parsons kind of played it out for you that he's a little bit shaky. So I think this, the staff has done a good job and, and going after some, some guys that they think are attainable. And, and I was just actually looking back at our Florida state of recruiting quarterback section and back in March, Brock, Brock Glenn is one of the guys that we mentioned as that's one of the possible targets. So it's nice that we were uh, kind of on top of that, as you said, David. Yeah. And it's, you know, Josh put it much more politically savvy than I will. Um, as much as we like Chris Parson, he is not good enough of a quarterback to not recruit any other quarterbacks. He's not a transcendent guy. He's not a guy who comes in and is a three-year starter right off the bat. He's not a Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's not a Jameis, none of those kind of guys. So um, I totally agree with Josh. I think with how things have changed with NIL and the wild, wild West and basically having free agency in college football, I mean, I, I think you're crazy unless you have a stacked quarterback room. I think you're crazy not to take two quarterbacks in a cycle at this point because you know one of them is going to transfer. I mean, it's it's going to happen. So why not take two? And the better of the two ends up staying most likely because he'll beat the other guy out. So um, I could definitely see a situation where FSU lands one of the three of these guys we've talked about. And then after that, they just kind of lay back for a little bit and they wait to see if there's a late riser or maybe somebody goes in the portal or something like that. And a lot of that's going to depend on potential attrition. But I, I think I can speak for all of us when I say hopefully it doesn't amount to that much this cycle. There hopefully is not a ton of drama this cycle because we all hope that once Jordan Travis is out of here, A.J. Duffy takes that mantle and FSU is in great hands with A.J. Duffy. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, and at some point it might have been a situation where a guy like Brock Glenn was quarterback too, but as we discussed, like he's, his recruitment has just taken off in the last couple of months, and, and now I think he's a definite QB1 uh, possibility for not just Florida State but other top schools as well. And I'll say this too, Chris Parson, um, he, he kind of needs to be careful with some of this stuff too because he could very well find himself being offered as a QB2 at another school. So um, – Hopefully it'll all shake out in his favor, whether it's at FSU or Mississippi state or somewhere else. But I mean, if he's, if he's kind of being dramatic about not wanting another quarterback to come into a class, he may eliminate some of his options before they even present themselves. So um, note to all you youngsters, if you're listening, if you're a high school quarterback, just trust your coaches, trust yourself, go along with the process, but try not to be overly dramatic because more people are watching than you realize. Well, and yeah, and you, you're talking about quarterbacks, but it could be the same thing that happened with Santana Fleming where Florida State was on him, Florida State was on him, and he was kind of a silent commit, and he never went elsewhere, and maybe his options aren't as good as he thought they might be now. Yeah, and I mean, I, I do want to make a note. Parsons is, like you said, Dave, he's a really good quarterback, and he would be a good quarterback for Florida State. However, he's, he's not showing up at Florida State next year, and I, I don't think he would unseat uh, whatever year Jordan Travis would be if he's still here next year or, or Duffy. So, it, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to give the impression that 
that Chris Parson is into drama because he's not. Because uh, I, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders and, and, he, and he should see what all is out there. But to your point, David, uh, in, in this new world of recruiting, uh, things change so quickly. And, uh, you know, sometimes backing out of the sure thing can, can come back and bite you. And one more important thing to note that I think is really interesting is, um, you know, we don't have this uh, straight from either of these coaches, but I think that Mike Norvell is a much bigger Chris Parson fan than Tony Tokars is. And I think Tony Tokars is showing that he prefers Collins and or Glenn to Parson. And so what's really interesting is that, you know, Norvell and Tokars, we know have a strong relationship. We know that Mike Norvell really wanted Tokars in an on-field uh, position as soon as he got to Florida State. So now that they have that, it's a good sign that those two guys are really talking and they're evaluating guys and they're not being too stubborn and they're listening to each other to try to kind of compromise on both guys um, thoughts on things. So that's, that's an encouraging development because I don't know that that was always there with Kenny Dillingham. And so it's nice to see that, that Norvell and Tokar seem to be on the same page in terms of communication. And, and let's not also forget that Florida state already has a nice prospect way out in 2024 committed and, uh, and, and Luke Cromenhawk, I always say his name wrong, but uh, he's, he's already showing that he's got more ability than I think everybody thought he had. Now, obviously, so much can happen, and you don't want to go a cycle without a QB, cough, cough, Willie Taggart. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, if, if you had to only get one of the three between Brock Glenn, Ricky Collins, and Chris Parson, David, I think you've already made yours known. It would be Ricky Collins. Uh, but just to confirm that with you. Actually, if I could have any of the three, I would take Brock Lynn. But I don't think that's realistic for FSU. So in terms of realistic targets, I would take Collins over Parson. Okay. Uh, Josh, you feel the same way? Yeah, I just feel that like, like Glenn is the safest bet. And uh, that's, what, that's what you want in college for sure. Uh, maybe in the NFL you want to try and get upside, especially if you already have somebody good. But – I think I think Glenn is the safest bet, so that would be my my choice. Okay, who would you take, Tim? You riding with uh, Parson, your boy? I, I don't know. I kind of like Collins. Uh, I mean, I, I'd be happy with any of the three, and you know, not to be that wishy-washy guy, but I kind of like Collins. I, I like uh, I, I like how he's put together. I think the main thing that stands out to me is, is what you mentioned, uh, David, is where he's located. Uh, if Florida State is really trying to plant that flag in Louisiana and get a bigger stronghold, uh, that would be a, a, a huge addition. In addition, you know, like you said, maybe it helps set you up for, for Sheldon Sampson. Uh, maybe if Destin Hill ever reappears, all of a sudden you've got this massive Louisiana uh, draw with, with, you know, two or three uh, dynamic players from that state, and, and it sets up a, a potential pipeline. From, from there. Yeah. And just, just kind of watching the film the other day, like, I like that <clears throat> Collins and Glenn, they seem to be willing to sit in the pocket. They're not scrambling at the first sign of trouble and they're willing to throw the ball over the middle and they can throw the ball over the middle accurately. And I like, I like Chris Parson. I think he's super athletic. I think he's smart, whatever, but like that, that, that kid, when you watch his highlights, is a lot more just scrambling and throwing up crazy passes. And like, he's definitely a wild card. Like he's got some Kyler Murray in his game. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like those two kids like are kind of already playing more like a college quarterback than what Florida State is looking for. 
makes sense. Although I, I really, I, I'm a sucker for watching Chris or for watching Chris Parson throw like 60 yard bombs and hitting field goal posts. I, I, I love watching those crazy highlights. No, there's there's no question is athleticism. <laughs> yeah. So moral of the story, dear listeners is if FSU lands one of these guys in their class, we're in great shape. Yeah. That'd be good stuff. So uh, our, our plan hopefully over the summer is to kind of do some more positional previews and thoughts about where Florida state is sitting in uh, with different groups. We also, as David mentioned, uh, hope to do one where we kind of talk about our top 10 most wanted uh, to see what overlap there is. Uh, but before I kind of outro us out here, I know, Josh, you, you had a couple other things you wanted to touch on. Well, I just, before, before you make us all shut up, I just wanted to mention, like, it was great last weekend to see the 24 commits come to, come to uh, campus. And you saw Luke Kremenhock and Cam Davis and, and Camden Fryer, those guys connecting, and then Jordan Pride and the more you can get those kids on campus and get them together and, and, you know, just building those bonds and, and showing off. And you see these kids getting Alabama offers and Georgia offers and just everyone's like, these kids are freaking special. And Florida State's got them in the fold. Obviously you have to keep winning, you have whatever, but like it's very exciting and encouraging to see those kids down there on campus again and, and together. Man, I'm going to tell you what, some of the most important, so we've seen this happen a little bit more frequently across the country now. I don't have any proof of this, but I'm going to speak it into existence. If the coaches can somehow convince Cam Davis, Jordan Pride, Luke Kay, I, I don't care who it is, any of these 24 guys to reclassify and come in in the 2023 cycle, give them a medal, name a street after him in Tallahassee, especially Cam Davis. That dude, he's special. And so if FSU can somehow... I don't know how they're going to do it, but if they can convince him to, to reclassify into 2023, any number of those dudes I think could play early if they needed to. And then one more quick note I wanted to say about um, one last visitor uh, who was scheduled to visit this weekend is an interesting name. So I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's uh, Aobami Tifase. Um, and he goes to school up in Maryland, but he is a uh, about six foot five, 300 pound defensive lineman who's like a total unknown right now but it's interesting because he's doing a visit blitz between Virginia Tech Arkansas Florida State he's going to see all those schools in a two-week span and so this could be a situation where FSU free scouting university strikes again so keep an eye on this name and as he gets more attention or if he hits the camp circuit or whatever maybe this is a kid who blows up a little bit that FSU was in early on. So we always like to bring attention uh, to our listeners and our readers. When we see a guy like that, who's really under the radar that, that could blow up later. So this could be one to keep an eye on. So again, Aobami Tifase. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on him and see what happens there. Yeah. He's, he's a kid that's unranked in the composite. Uh, 247 has him as a high three-star. As David mentioned, he visited Virginia Tech earlier this week. He's down in Arkansas today. And then, Florida State this weekend. Those are the only three school, big schools that seem to be on them right now. But you definitely notice with Norvell and company that when they offer some kids, some of the bigger name schools come come following. So they definitely know that Florida State's coaching staff has an eye for talent. And, and who knows, maybe Florida State will try and get this kid wrapped up this weekend, but we'll see what happens. Yep. And uh, one, one note on the reclassification, we obviously haven't heard anything, but David with his new doctorate degree is now uh, trying to speak things into existence and make things happen. So we'll, people we'll should that. trust me. I'm a doctor. <laughs> this, this is what happens when you write 200 page dissertations. <laughs>
Oh man, and it, his dissertation was all about how Florida State invented Gatorade. It was wild, but anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not really, but yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, if you want to talk to Dave, Josh, and occasionally me, check us out on Tomahawk Nation uh, in the in the official recruiting threats that we have going on there. Uh, I've been checked out doing some baseball work because these guys hold it down so well. Uh, so check us out there. There's also some really good stuff going on on the site. We've got an interview with uh, recently Florida Art committed basketball uh, potential big time, uh, Baba Miller. Uh, we'll see. Check out that interview. We'll see how he contributes at Florida State this year. Uh, also, Ben had a, a really good article talking about uh, Jamie and Akeem, or uh, not Akeem. Yeah, no, Akeem. Akeem. Yeah, yeah, next year. Uh, sorry, I, I got the uh, I had a little bit of Bud Elliott, Greg Dent phobia there for a second there, but uh, some really good articles there on Tomahawk Nation. Check us out. And David, I know you have one other thing here. Yeah, just again to the community as we start ramping up these podcasts more. Um, the idea for all of us to do our top 10 most wanted came from our beloved Coleman Nolman. Uh, been with us for a while there. So if any of you have questions for us or you have topics you want to listen to us debate or talk about or whatever, please post those in the ongoing recruiting thread and the transfer portal thread. Uh, Josh and I are in there plenty, so we'll certainly see them. So please, if there's anything you're you're wondering about or if you want to hear us argue about or whatever, please put those ideas in there and we promise we'll do our best to get to them. And, and hopefully we'll have better, more encouraging news to talk about going forward here in the not too distant future. Yeah, maybe the uh, the staff was just waiting for us to pick it back up, guys. That's that's what it was. So we're, we're back. Hope to be uh, back here soon with another one. But uh, again, check us out on Tomahawk Nation. We are the three stars. This is the Florida State of Recruiting podcast, and we hope you all keep climbing. <laughs>